The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, July 5th. In today's news, President Trump has narrowed his Supreme Court shortlist down to three finalists. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is heading back to North Korea today. And American companies in China are already feeling the sting of the trade war. But first, the big idea. Trump thought about invading Venezuela last summer. Last August, President Trump alarmed the world when he said offhandedly during a news conference that he was considering a, quote, military option to remove Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro from power. The comments were overshadowed by Trump threatening at the same time to rain down, quote, fire and fury on North Korea. They were also laughed off by many in D.C. as the kind of bluster that we've all come to expect from the reality TV star turned commander in chief. But a new report from the Associated Press shows that Trump was not joking around. The day before that news conference, it turns out there was a meeting in the Oval Office. The ostensible point of it was to discuss sanctions on Venezuela. But during the discussion, Trump turned to his top aides and asked an unsettling question. Why can't the U.S. just simply invade the troubled country? The suggestion stunned those present at the meeting, including then-Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster. Both men have since left the administration. In an exchange that lasted around five minutes, according to the AP, McMaster and others took turns explaining to Trump how military action could backfire and risk losing hard-won support among Latin American governments to punish Maduro for taking Venezuela down the path of dictatorship. But Trump pushed back. Although he gave no indication he was about to order imminent military plans, he pointed to what he considered past cases of successful gunboat diplomacy in the region specifically the invasions of Panama and Grenada in the 1980s when Ronald Reagan was president. Despite the best attempts by aides to shoot down this idea, it nevertheless persisted in the president's mind. A few days later, in fact, Trump raised the possibility with Colombian President Juan Manuel Santos. The AP has that from a U.S. official and confirmation from two high-ranking Colombian officials. Then, in September of last year, on the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly, Trump discussed it again, this time at greater length, during a private dinner with leaders from four Latin American allies. Santos was among them. U.S. officials say Trump was specifically briefed before that dinner with the Latin leaders not to raise the issue. He was told it would not play well. But literally, the first thing the president said at the dinner was, quote, My staff told me not to say this, but... Trump then went around asking each leader if they were sure they didn't want a U.S. military solution in Caracas. Sources say each leader in the room told Trump in very clear terms they were quite sure. Eventually, McMaster would pull aside the president and walk him through the many dangers and pitfalls of an invasion. The White House declined to comment on the AP story, saying private conversations should remain private. Notably, they did not deny it. And a spokesman for the National Security Council reiterated that the U.S. keeps all options on the table. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, 
Trump appears to have narrowed his short list of nominees to replace Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy down to three judges. Several outlets have reported the same handful of names, among them the Wall Street Journal, which reports this morning that the frontrunners are all U.S. appeals court judges. They're Brett Kavanaugh of Maryland, Raymond Kethledge from Michigan, and Amy Coney Barrett of Indiana. Sources close to the White House say Trump has to decide whether to base the selection primarily on a review of judicial records and written rulings, or instead on a candidate's biography and personal chemistry with the president. He's leaning more towards personal chemistry. He's also getting lobbied by a lot of people who have a lot of friends who want the job. Even before Trump names a nominee next Monday, groups on the right and left are mobilizing for the epic confirmation battle ahead. A liberal group called Demand Justice is launching a $5 million ad campaign today in Maine and Alaska. The goal is to highlight the possibility that Kennedy's replacement could provide the decisive fifth vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. It's targeted at the two key Republicans who could decide the fate of Trump's nominee, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. Both women say they support abortion rights. Number two, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is heading back to North Korea today. Ahead of his visit, Trump sent a private letter to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. The contents are unknown. Pompeo's trip comes as the president continues to play down, mounting evidence that Pyongyang is ramping up its nuclear program despite Kim's promises in Singapore last month. Many experts inside the U.S. government think the president is getting played by the North Koreans. The CIA and other agencies have warned that North Korea may be building up its abilities now so that they can trade them away later in hopes of maneuvering Trump into settling for concessions on the size and reach of Kim's nuclear force, but not full denuclearization. Some experts also fear that the repatriation of American troop remains from the Korean War, which Kim committed to during that Singapore summit, will simply be used as a bargaining chip. Pyongyang has been dragging its feet on turning over the remains. Number three, American businesses in China are already feeling the sting of Trump's trade war in the days before the United States' 25% tariffs are slated to hit Chinese products. For example, an American company that ships cherries to a coastal province in southeast China had their load put into quarantine for a week at the request of customs officers. So the cherries, of course, spoiled. They were then sent back to the United States worthless. Another illustration, American pet food makers say they're facing more rigorous inspections at ports, which delay goods from reaching shelves and hurt sales. And a U.S. manufacturer that exports vehicles to China recorded a 98% jump in random border inspections over the past month, throwing the firm behind schedule. American business leaders are worried that these are the so-called qualitative measures that China warned it would unleash if Trump imposed these tariffs. Executives across several industries say the sparring between Washington and Beijing is fueling anti-American sentiment among Chinese consumers, which also hurts sales. One sign of fraying relations? A fear-mongering notice posted by the Chinese embassy in Washington last week urged tourists to, quote, avoid going out alone at night in the United States. According to the notice, in the U.S., Quote, shootings, robberies, and theft are frequent. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, July 5th. Special thanks to Elise Vibeck for hosting the past few days. Thanks for listening. Hope you had a good Independence Day holiday. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.